Acts chapter number 8. And let's begin with verse number 26. Acts 8, verse number 26. Let's look to the word of the Lord. Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go down south along the road which goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza, that is a desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge over all of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship and was sitting and was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before his shear is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch asked or answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down to the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you will believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. And when he come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went his way rejoicing. And Philip, oh, let's stop there. Amen. Today, just for a few moments, we're going to preach on the thought, uh, there is water in your desert place. Somebody shout that. There is water in your desert place. There is water in your desert place. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to have. Thank you for this opportunity to your word today. We pray that your word would go forth in power, your word would go forth in boldness, and that everything that's said and everything that's done, we pray that it will bring you the glory. And everyone said a great big amen. Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 40. There's water in your desert place. Millions of people have read or seen or heard of a place called the Sahara Desert. How many has ever heard of the Sahara Desert before? You know what's ironic about this place? The Sahara Desert, if you know anything about a desert, a desert doesn't have any apartment complexes. It doesn't have any resorts. There's no Century 21 signs. There's no golf courses. There's no vacation spots. And what really throws me for a loop is there's not even a Walmart in the Sahara Desert. Not even a Walmart there. There's no Target. It's not even there. I mean, I don't know even how we would make it without a Walmart. Can I hear an amen? And you know what, it, I think it would be safe to assume that you probably did not discuss with your spouse this morning about moving to the Sahara Desert. You would not move there. Do you know why you wouldn't move there? 
because that place is lifeless, it's scorching, there, it's very hot, there's no shade, you would probably scream for water, that place would not satisfy you. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, there are many people today who are not living necessarily in a physical desert place, but they certainly are living in a spiritual desert place. Their life is colorless. Their life is scorching, hot. They have no shade. They're screaming for water. They want something more. They know that this life that they're living can never satisfy what they are longing on the inside. And so I'm glad that you're here today because I want to look at the story of this Ethiopian man and I want to bring out three things about this Ethiopian man that is applicable to your life that you can take for your life and use it. Number one, I want to look at this Ethiopian man that we read about. I want to look at his position. I want you to look at his position this morning. I want you to look at your Bibles very carefully, Acts chapter 8, and I want you to see this man's position, verse number 26. Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go down south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert. Now look at verse 27. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge over all of her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship. I want you to notice verse 27. The Bible says that this Ethiopian man is a eunuch. But look at his position. He had great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, and he had charge over all of her treasury. How many would agree with Pastor Josh that this is an important man? He was under the queen, Queen Candace, and he has charge over all of her finances. This is in a very important position a man of great authority under Candace the Queen. You see, it seems like he has it all together, don't he? He has position, he has power, he has servants, he has prestige. I would even say he has wealth. He's riding in a chariot. I would even say that everybody knew who this man was. He rode in the nicest chariot, he had the nicest clothes, He lived in the nicest home, and he probably lived in the nicest neighborhood. I mean, this man has it all together. He is working for the queen. He has, the Bible says he has great authority. The Bible says he had charge over all of the money, all of the treasury of the queen. This man had all the pomp and circumstance that a man could ever want. This man had power. This man had possessions. This man had prestige. But let me just remind you this morning that it doesn't matter how much power you have. It doesn't matter how much possessions you possess. It doesn't matter how much prestige you have. Ladies and gentlemen, that will never satisfy you. It will never satisfy you. We've all heard people say, you know, if I have this, I know that I'll be satisfied. I've heard people say, boy, if I had a better car, I'd be satisfied. If I lived in a better house, I'd be satisfied. If I made more money, I'd be satisfied. If I wore nicer clothes, I'd be satisfied. If I was more talented, I'd be satisfied. If I was better looking, I'd be satisfied. 
If I had a different spouse. (laughs) But isn't it amazing that when they get the better job, they're still not satisfied? When they get the better car, they're still not satisfied? When you get things lifted and tucked, you're still not satisfied? We live in this continual quest of trying to satisfy ourselves. But listen to this preacher. Power and prestige and possessions will never satisfy the internal longing of a man's heart. It will never satisfy the longing of a man's heart. You can try with all kinds of external things, but it will never take care of the internal longing of a man's heart. There is only one thing, only one thing that will satisfy you, ladies and gentlemen, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Nancy Harmon, I don't, you're probably, you're probably too young to know what, who Nancy Harmon is, but as a little boy, I used to watch her, her uh, love special program and She used to sing that song, I'm wrapped up, tied up, all tangled up in God. You see, you look at the man's position. He was a man of great authority. He had had charge over all of the treasury of the king or the queen, so to speak. But the Bible says he was on his way to worship. Can somebody help this preacher preach? The Bible says in verse 27, look it. The Bible says he had charge over all of her money. The Bible says he has great authority. I mean, this is an important man. This is an important dude. But in spite of his possessions, in spite of his prestige and all the honor that this man has, this man is on his way to worship. Hallelujah. He was in his chariot on his way to worship. Number two, I want you to look at the man's condition. Look at the man's condition. What was the man's condition? Well, obviously, this man was dissatisfied. I mean, he has, a, he has power. He has prestige. He has possessions. But he was dissatisfied. How do I know he was dissatisfied? The Bible says in verse 27, I know that he's dissatisfied because look at verse 27. The Bible says he came to Jerusalem to worship. There was something inside of this man that was longing for something more than authority. There was something in this man that was longing for something more than positions and prestige. There was something in this man that was longing for something more than a title and working for the queen. He got in his chariot and went his way to Jerusalem because he knew That power and possessions and prestige can never satisfy the internal longing of a man's heart. He gets on the chariot and on his way to Jerusalem. Now, I know that that doesn't mean anything to you until you know this. The Bible says in verse number 26, look at it, 26. The Bible says that the angel spoke to Philip and he's on his way down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, That tells me just a little bit of something about the geographical location here. From Jerusalem to Ethiopia, it is at least 1,200 miles one way. Now stop. Here is a man of great power, prestige, and honor. 
He gets in his chariot and he's leaving Ethiopia. And where is he traveling? To Jerusalem to worship. He went to where? Jerusalem to worship. He's leaving Ethiopia. He's going to Jerusalem to worship. That is at least 1,200 miles one way. That's at least 30-day journey. That would at least took a 30-day journey by chariot. And so he got there in 30 days. He would worship for a week, get back in his chariot, and go back to Ethiopia. That is at least a two-month trip just to worship. Ladies and gentlemen, do you see what's happening here? This man had all the power, the prestige, the possessions that he could ever imagine, but the condition of his heart was that of dissatisfaction. He knew that something was not satisfying him. He knew that there was a void on the inside of him. So he got in his chariot and he would travel 1,200 miles one way just to worship. Some people can't even come across the street to worship. We make all the excuses in the world why we can't worship. This man gets in a chariot, in the heat, in a desert, in the desert, on a chariot to worship. It at least took him two months because this man understood that he was thirsty. He was thirsty for something. It didn't matter how long he had to travel. It didn't matter how long the trip would take. It didn't matter how adverse the condition was. Through the sand, through the heat, through the adverse conditions, he got on his chariot and went one mile, one way, 1,200 miles, just to worship God because this man was hungry for something. I'm reminded of what Jesus said. Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, I promise you, He will fill you. He will fill you. Isn't it amazing? Get this. Isn't it amazing that this man is a noble seeker? Noble because he's a man of great power and authority. He's a noble speaker or seeker. Yet he was a man of great authority He was yet a humble man. He was a noble seeker. Number two, he was a diligent seeker. How do I know? Because he traveled 1,200 miles one way just to worship God. He was diligent. Not only was he diligent, but he was a teachable seeker. How do I know he was teachable? He was in the chariot, right? The eunuch was in the chariot reading the prophet Isaiah. The preacher ran up to the chariot hopped in the chariot and asked the man, do you understand what you are do you understand what you are reading? And what did the eunuch say? How can I unless some man guides me? He was a teachable seeker. He was a believing seeker. Because Philip said in verse 37, he said, the eunuch said, can I be baptized? And the eunuch said, or Philip said to the eunuch, if you will believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. 
Not only was he a believing seeker, he was a confessing seeker. He confessed Jesus in front of the preacher Philip. And not only that, but the Bible says in verse number 39, Philip, who is the preacher, baptized him in water, and the Bible says the Spirit caught away Philip, and what did the eunuch do? He went his way rejoicing. He was a rejoicing seeker. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? I'm telling you, when you get hungry for God, when there's a hunger and thirst for the things of God, getting out of bed on Sunday morning isn't a problem. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead can't get you up on Sunday morning, there's a problem. He, he was a man. What was his condition? His condition was that of dissatisfaction. He was dissatisfied, folks. He got in his chariot, started traveling 1,200 miles because he understood that nobody can fill the void. Nobody could fill the void. He was searching for something. He understood that something was missing in his life. The Bible says that as he was traveling down in the desert, something happened, Sister Beaver. Get this. The man's in his chariot. He stops. I suppose, unless somebody else was driving him. Since he's an important person, that's probably the case. He's reading the prophet Isaiah. Philip is probably on a horse, sees the chariot. The spirit said, overtake the chariot. He jumps in the chariot and says to the Ethiopian man, do you understand what you're reading? Man said, well, I don't even know what I'm reading. And what did Philip do? He began to preach Jesus to the man. Do you see that? The Bible says in verse number 28, look at Acts 8, 28, and was returning. And the Bible says he was sitting in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. So Philip ran to him, heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. How many knows there's something about reading the Bible out loud? And he heard him read it out loud, reading the prophet. Heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come and sit with him. And the place in the scripture which he read was this. And the Bible says in verse 34, so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, who does the prophet say this of, of himself or some other man? And Philip answered with his opened his mouth and said, beginning at the place of the scripture, preach Jesus to him. And as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Now get this. You see the man's position. Boy, he's an important man. You see the man's condition. He's obviously dissatisfied because he's traveling a long way just to worship. And now you see the man's transition. Transition. What is a transition? Is a passage, excuse me, from one place, from one place to another place. A change of state from one state to another state. You see, something happened here. You see the man's position, his condition, his transition, and you begin to see something here that I never saw before. Something began to change in this man's life. Because the Bible says he's sitting reading the Bible. And as he's reading the Bible, Philip comes up to him, asks him what's reading, 
And the Bible says, Philip began to preach Jesus to him. I'm telling you, reading the Bible will cause a change to happen in your life. He was reading the Bible, and Philip said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, I don't understand. And the Bible says, I love this. The Bible says, verse 35, and Philip opened his mouth, beginning at that scripture, he preached Jesus to him. He preached Jesus to him. I'm telling you, we need some more sermons about Jesus, don't we? I said, we need some more sermons about Jesus, don't we? Do you know what will mend a broken heart? It is a sermon about Jesus. Do you know what will break the grip of depression off of somebody's life? It is a sermon about Jesus. Do you know what will cause peace to flow in adverse conditions? It is a sermon about Jesus. Do you know what will cause a man to drop a fifth of liquor and turn over on the bar stool? It is a sermon about Jesus. Do you know what will cause your kids to get off of drugs and alcohol? It is to put the cell phone down and listen to a sermon about Jesus. He preached. Jesus to the man. Hallelujah. The Bible says in verse 37, after he preached Jesus to the man, verse 35, the Bible says he preached Jesus to him, and obviously this man had a change. Verse 36. As he's preaching Jesus to him, the Bible says, verse 36, they went down the road, and they came to some water. So obviously the man believed. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. Here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe, if you believe, verse 37, if you believe with all of your heart, you may. And what did the eunuch say? I believe. Do you know what will cause a change in your life? It's just not giving mental assent to the word of God but actually believing it with everything you got. That's what caused a transition in his life. He went from his position, his condition was that dissatisfaction, but there was a transition that happened in his life, and the transition happened because he heard the word, and he believed the word of God. He believed in Jesus, and when you believe in Jesus, I'm telling you, a transition will happen. You will be taken from one state to another state, from glory to glory, because you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He said, I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now hold on here. Hold on, I'm about to shout up in here. I'm trying to contain myself. I read this scripture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says in verse 36, get, I don't think you got it. Verse 36. As they went down the road, they came to some water. Everybody shout water. Go to verse 30, go to verse 26. 26. The Bible says in verse 26 of the same chapter, look at it. Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go down south along the road which goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza. That is a desert. So how is there enough water in the desert to baptize somebody by immersion? Well, how does that happen? There is not enough water in the desert to baptize somebody by total immersion. But the scripture indicates to us that somehow, some way, there was water in the desert 
enough water to baptize the man. Do you know what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to you today? That no matter how dry your life may be, if you put your faith in Jesus and your trust in Jesus, he'll cause water to show up in your dry place. Hallelujah! Somebody wave your hand and say, there's water in my desert place. Right in the middle, right in the middle of a desert, God put water. Because if you believe with your heart, if you trust Jesus with everything you got, I'm telling you, there'll be a spring of water in the middle of your desert place. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to shout amen, stand to your feet and say, I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the Son of God. Right in the middle, right in the middle of the desert, there was enough water to baptize the man. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, Jesus is the only person that can do it. Philosophy will tell you to think your way out. Science will tell you to invent your way out. Politicians will tell you to spin your way out. The government will tell you to socialize your way out. The liquor crowd will tell you to drink your way out. The tobacco crowd will tell you to smoke your way out. The youth of today will tell you to drug your way out and sex your way out. Money will tell you to buy your way out. Religion will tell you to legalize your way out. Satan says there is no way out. But Jesus said, I am the way out. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man can come to the Father unless he comes by me. I'm telling you, if you believe with all your heart, you'll receive water in your desert place. I don't know about you. I just feel a dance in my feet this morning. Hallelujah. There's water in your desert place. You see, it's ironic to me, it's ironic to me that when you start studying the Bible, everybody say, i got to study the Bible. When you start studying the Bible, you begin to see things that you never saw before. It's interesting to me in Acts 8, verse 5, Acts 8, verse 5, I'm almost done here. Acts 8, verse 5, the Bible says that Philip, the same preacher, went down to the city. Hold on here. The same chapter, he was in a city. And then verse 26, he's ministering to a single man. You know what the Holy Spirit is conveying to us? Not only is the city important to be reached, but single individual people must be reached as well. Mass meetings are important. Preaching to cities and crusades are important. Having gatherings like this is important where the gospel is preached to the city or to the multitude. But let's not forget that he leaves the 99 and goes after the one. He, verse 26, he goes after a single man, which is the Ethiopian man, a eunuch. He leaves the city. He leaves the crowded city and he finds the presence of God in the desert. Not only did this man find water in the desert to be baptized, but there was a well of water springing up within him in everlasting life. It's interesting to me that we come to church. Now, let me just throw this out to you. We come to the church and we want somebody to preach to us, which that's acceptable and good. But have we prepared ourselves to hear? Have we prepared ourselves to hear? Because according to what I read in this scripture, the man was reading from the prophet Isaiah. He was already preparing himself to hear from the preacher, and he didn't even know that. 
He was reading it out loud. He was preparing his heart. I'm telling you, your preparation as a hearer has a whole lot to do whether you hear the word correctly. It's interesting to me that the Bible says that verse number 39, now the Spirit came. Look, let's look at verse 37. And the Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. Both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip and the eunuch saw him no more. Can I just stop and say this? That someday close, very soon, we're going to have the same experience that Philip had. We're going to have a rapture and we're going to be caught away and they're not going to see us any longer. The Spirit caught away Philip it raptured him out. It caught him away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went his way rejoicing. Pastor Graham, you know what the Holy Spirit spoke to me? This eunuch never backslid because the preacher left. We're, we have faulty conversions because we're following a man. But the preacher, Grandma Beaver, Philip was caught out. He left. The same man that led him to Jesus is the same man that left in the spirit. But the Bible says the eunuch didn't backslide. He didn't throw in the towel and say, well, you know, I'm following him. You know, since the preacher left me, he don't care. I'm just going to give up. No, no. He went his way rejoicing. Hallelujah. He was just an instrument. The preacher was just an instrument to get him to the Lord. And if your religion is based upon a preacher, you're not going to go your way rejoicing. <laughs> is this all right, folks? There was water in this desert? Is that, is that what it said? Water where? In the desert. I'm almost done, I promise you. Look, look at this. Mark 6, Mark 6, verse 31. Look at this verse. You don't have to turn there in your Bible, just look at it. I want to I see that this is so powerful. Mark 6 and verse 31. Jesus said to the multitude, I want you to come aside to yourself to a deserted place and rest a while. For there was many coming and going and they didn't even have time to eat. The word deserted there in most translations is translated desert or lonely place. Now get this. The multitude in Mark 6 is in a desert, a lonely place. But yet the Bible says, are y'all ready for this? And the Bible says in verse 42, Mark 6, 42, in the desert place, in the desert place, the deserted place, they ate and were all filled. Acts chapter 8, they're in a desert and he comes to some water because God puts water in our dry places. In a desert place, you have the ability to eat and be filled in the desert place. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Look at this. Matthew 4, verse 1. Matthew 4, verse 1. The Bible says this. 
Matthew 4, verse 1, then the Spirit, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Where was Jesus at? Wilderness. Somebody say wilderness. Everybody say desert. Say lonely place. But then the Bible says, in the desert, this is what happens in the desert. Matthew 4, 11. Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, this is what happens in the desert. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. <laughs> Y'all see what I'm going? I'm about to shout here. Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian man is in a desert, and all of a sudden, water shows up. The Bible says in Mark chapter 6, verse 31, they're in a desert place, a deserted place. And yet they all ate and they were filled. The Bible says in Matthew 4, verse 11, that G verse 1, Jesus is in the wilderness. He's in the desert, but yet he was ministered to by angels. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, verse 9, or excuse me, Revelation 1, verse 9, Revelation chapter 1, verse 9, Revelation 1, verse 9. Look at this. And I, John, your brother and companion in tribulation and, the, and, and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island called Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now get this, stop here. Now, Patmos is translated my killing, K-I-L-L-I-N-G. It's also translated a very sterile place. Third definition, a desert. It was a deserted island. And historians tell us that Patmos was a place that no vegetables grew. There was no bearing seeds or fruits there. It was a very dry and deserted place. And yet the Bible says that John, who is an apostle, was shipped to a deserted place, Patmos. He was there in Patmos, a deserted place, a place that didn't give life. And it was right there, ladies and gentlemen, in verse number 10, that the Bible says that John has an experience. Revelation 1.10, and this was his experience. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and behold, I heard a loud voice as a trumpet. So, in the desert... In the lonely place, in the wilderness, in the, in, in the place that he was, he was shipped to, which was a desert, he heard the voice of God. He was in the presence of God. You see, I am trying to tell you that the scripture is clear, that even in your dry places, your deserted places, where it seems like heaven is brass, it is those places that God wants to feed you. It is those places that he wants his presence to abound. It is those places that he wants you to be filled to overflowing, not on Mount Carmel, where you're calling fire down from heaven, but it is in those desert places that you experience the power and presence of God. Mark 6 verse 1 or 31, they were in a desert place, but yet they all ate and they were filled. Matthew 4 verse 1, Jesus is in a wilderness, but Matthew 4 11, angels came to him in the wilderness and ministered to him. 
Romans chapter 1 verse 9, the apostle is in a desert, a desert island Patmos, but it was there that he heard the voice of God. It was the Ethiopian man in a desert place, but it was there that water showed up. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter number 16 verse 1. The children of Israel, Exodus 16 verse 1, the children of Israel is in the desert. They're in a desert. Wilderness of sin. The Bible says that as they were in the desert, verse number 4, Exodus 16 verse 4, as they were in the desert, the Lord said, I'm going to rain bread from heaven on you and the people were going to go out and they're going to gather a certain amount every day. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling to tell you that even in your desert place, he will give you fresh bread. Hallelujah. First Kings chapter 17. Elisha is in a desert. First Kings 17. He's in the brook Cherith. Now we know it's a desert because he prophesied that there would be a famine. 1 Kings 17 verse 1 says there's not going to be no rain. There's not going to be no dew. The Lord's going to shut up the heavens. This is a desert. This is a desert. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a desert place? Have you ever been in a dry place of your life? The Bible says that as they were in the desert, it says the Lord says, there's not going to be no rain or dew except by my word. Then the Bible says in the desert, verse number 5, 1 Kings 17, verse 5, and so he went and did according to the word of the Lord and he stayed at the brook Cherith that flows into the Jordan, verse 6, and ravens brought bread and meat in the morning. And he drank from the brook. The brook was dried up, folks. Water was dried up. But in the desert, in the famine, he brought bread and meat to the prophet. Do you see a a parallel here? Acts 8 in a desert. What hinders me to be baptized? There's water. Mark 6, 31. They're in a deserted place, but yet verse 42 says they all were filled. Matthew 4, verse 1. Jesus is in the wilderness. But verse 11, angels showed up in the wilderness. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. The apostle is on a deserted island. Yet but verse number 10, he hears the voice of God. The children of Israel is in the desert. But bread comes every morning. The prophet, the prophet is in a famine. But yet, he sends ravens to feed him every morning and every evening. I'm telling you, whatever you're going through today, you have the potential to receive heavenly bread in the midst of your desert. Hallelujah. There's fresh bread today. There's fresh water today. And what is that transition? If you believe with all your heart, stop the chariot. Baptized him because he believed. What causes water to show up in your desert? If you 
believe with all your heart. The preacher said, you may be baptized. Where? In the desert. <laughs> 